No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and today I'm extremely honored to have an absolute West Coast icon, Mac 10 in the building. How you doing, man? Can't complain, bro. What's happening with it? I'm a good time. I'm happy to have you in here. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, definitely. What do you, what has you sort of doing interviews at this point? Like, what what does it feel like? Is the reason that you're kind of trying to come out and be a little bit more public lately? I just felt like it. You know what I'm saying? Like I put a couple of you know uh, got a couple of records done, getting ready to put an album out. Uh huh. Dropped that King of Chevy's uh, single, and um, you know I just feel like coming out. You know, that's it, really, to be honest. Right, because that was your first video on your YouTube channel in, like, 14 years. Yeah. yeah. And you haven't put out an album in approximately the same amount of time, same right? Same time. Yeah. So that's got to feel kind of crazy to be making a comeback all of a sudden. What needed to happen in your in your mind before you were able to actually go for it? Uh, Really, music is just a feeling to me. You know what I'm saying? I've been extremely blessed. Mm. So I don't have to do music, you know what I'm saying? But um, it's a feeling to me. I felt like coming out at him for real. That's just <laughs> what it was. I just, all right, I'm finna do a record. You know mm. what I'm saying? And um, I did a few records and I liked them. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it just made me keep keep going back to the studio and just keep working. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just said, you know, f- let's get it. Was there a long time period there where you were out of the studio and not recording anything or not? even experimenting yeah but you know you you always around just a little bit you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but like yeah it's 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 been a couple of stretches where like i didn't even you know what i'm saying i didn't even think about recording a record or nothing like that you know what i'm saying but i gotta i gotta be uh i gotta be honest it feel good and Mm -hmm. i'm having fun glad to be back out you know do you feel like your music the way that you make music now do you feel like it's in any way influenced by current hip-hop or by you know the last 20 years of hip-hop or do you feel like your mind state is still so pure that you're still kind of in the same exact zone that you were have been since you know you first started recording because it's like there there is this classic west coast sound and your your current music like very much embodies that mm-hmm. but do you listen to like the new stuff and do, do you feel like you've been influenced by it well, I don't know about being influenced by it, but I do listen to the new music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I and I and I appreciate the new music. I actually like it. But my music is just a reflection of who I am. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't listen to nobody's music and say, "Oh, I'm going to go make a record like that. Ooh, that sounds tight. I'm I, you know, I like that." And I get up and just be Mac 10. Mm. So, you know, however I feel it is however I, that's how I record it. You know what I'm saying? So, so I I, I listen to the new music, but I'm not gonna say I'm uh, influenced by any of it. I just I'm, I'm self motivated, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just I just do me. Do you think West Coast hip hop should sound like West Coast hip hop, like L.A. specifically? Uh, it's to each his own. You know, from me, that's what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 sound changed my family's life. Right. So you know, you know, why would I give you anything other than what I know that you like from me at right. this point? You know what I'm saying? I, I I know they like that from me, so that's why I gave them that. Mm-hmm. I I guess like there's always this conversation about younger LA rappers, kind of like, do some of them stick too closely to the classic LA sound, and is that holding them back? Like I see this conversation happening a lot within like the sort of underground LA rap community or whatever, and I always find it kind of interesting because it's like a lot of the current crop of like West Coast artists 
they still have something about it that still makes it sound very LA. Yeah. And and we oftentimes wonder like, you know, we'll we'll be talking to some some dudes we know from New York and just realize like, oh, they have no clue. Right. They don't know about the hottest rappers out here. Right. They don't understand how important certain different figures throughout the last ten years or whatever have been to hip hop and stuff. And sometimes that makes you wonder if that West Coast sound kind of puts it in a box in which it's like sort of hard to get out of in terms of reaching the whole country or world. Well, I'm the wrong guy to ask that question mm. because my s stay what it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I done went platinum a couple of times not caring who else liked it. You know, we just did what we did. You know what I'm saying? Or I just did what I do, you know? And, and um, you know, if you like it, you like it. But I think people also respect when when something is authentic, when it's if 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 you from New York and your music sound like you from New York, I respect that. Mm. You know, if you from the South and you sound like you from the South, I respect that. That's where you from. You know what I'm saying? And you got to take care of home. To me, I believe you ain't gonna be the shit nowhere else if if you ain't the shit at home first. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So like, I, I'm I mean, I can't really say that I think like you know that that's that's holding us back because you you know my whole career had been. West Side, everything, you know, and, uh, you know, I've had a pretty good life. Mm, definitely, 100%. Let's go back to the beginning a little bit, though. Can you tell me just a little bit about growing up in Englewood and, and what it was like at that time as opposed to what it might be like today? I think it's the same. You know, I think it's it's probably the same, just the players is different. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, you know, it's a new generation, you know, but uh, I think the hood is the hood, though, you know. And, and I think you know a, 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 a lot of hoods across the world is is, is similar. Mm. You know, I just think that the you know the cast just change. You know, the players change at some point. Mm -hmm. But were you like? Cause you're from a very different generation. Like, what was it like outside when you were growing up? Like, was it was a constant presence of gang stuff and violence and everything like that, or were you lucky <laughs> enough to sort of see like a time period where it was a little bit more laid back? No, no, no. I grew up in the '80s. You had to keep your head on the swivel, man. right? You know what I'm saying? That gangbang shit was real in Inglewood, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's still real, you know. So you you better keep your head on the swivel, like whatever hood you from mm -hmm. and, and wherever you at, if you outside playing it, that's how it go. Right. You know what I'm saying? But now nah, I don't remember no relaxed time where I could say, oh, it wasn't like this. That, was, that must have been before my era. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I wasn't born That's yet. when I know I'm interviewing yeah. like a really old head figure in the game is when they can yeah. kind of talk about L.A. before gangs. Right. And that's when you're like, oh, shit, okay, this guy's old. Yeah, right. that's yeah. why I'm like, yeah, that's before my time, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right. But was it like, was it already kind of predetermined that it was mostly blood activities going on in your neighborhood or whatever? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got G homies in the 60s and stuff like that, late 60s and stuff. Like, oh, it been going down, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. All that was already already written, you know? Right. Were you, yeah. are, were you super intrigued by it by, from day one, or was it something that it took time for you to sort of be interested I, in? I, I think, to be honest, when you grow up in it, it's just a way of life. Mm. You don't even you don't even like notice that it's like this is like different because these are just my friends. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We just happen to be from the same neighborhood or grew up on the same block. These are just my homies. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if and if anybody come through or whatever, you know you you don't have time to explain. Hold on, he's involved. I'm not. He's involved or he's not. It don't go like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. If 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 you somebody and you outside in whatever neighborhood you in, you know, that, that's 
that's how I go. Definitely. Were you interested in the music from a young age, or did it take a while for that to click? No, I was always in- interested in music. Mm-hmm. I always liked music, and I always liked poetry. Really? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Any yeah. poetry that stood out to you as a young guy that kind of made an impact on you? All the bad shit. Like, anything <sighs> that, that you could listen to that was like, you know— that, that 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 kids would want to hear Dolomite or anything. It could mm. be it could be anything, you know. And um, rap music, I was always intrigued with it because of that. You know what I'm saying? I I just I just always like rhyming. That was that was always some fly shit to me. Who do you remember being your main inspirations when you were young in terms of rap? Man, I could say people like Ice T, mm-hmm. Easy E. Um, you know, Run DMC was always a a big influence, you right. know, um, Rakim, you know, them, you, you know, all the, all the greats, right. You know, no matter where they was from, you know, we didn't care about that back then. You didn't you know care what about saying? what side people were yeah, from. Yeah. Nah, if it was fresh, it was fresh, you know? Right. But when I think about it, like run DMC must've seemed like one thing to you and the NWA must've seemed so much closer to home, so much more relevant to your day to day existence. Was that like a revelatory thing when you seen that? Yeah. But Run DMC showed everybody the world that you could be superstars, though. Mm. They had reached like a a, a a certain level. Like they was different. That was like some real superstar shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely was different, though. Right. But 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 I respect them both for what they are. Right. When did you actually get serious about the music, or who who kind of helped you get into that? Man, I've been into the music, man, for uh, as long as I can remember. You know, I've always liked music, been a fan of music. Mm-hmm. I think I started taking it serious in probably like the seventh grade. Right. That's when I was like, you know what? I think I could do something with this. You right. Know? Yeah. Was there any, was there like a, a moment or like a song that you made that sort of gave you more confidence or let you know like, damn, I might be just about as good as some of these other guys who are signed and everything? I think when our first amendments stuff came out, you know, when I was younger, like, uh, you know, we had like swap me tapes. We called them swap me tapes back then, you mm-hmm. know. And I had a couple of homeboys from, you know, around the way out, you know, from 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 the neighborhood that, that, you know, went to school with us or whatever. That was like the kings of the school at the time, you know what I'm saying, rapping and shit. You know, so like when when when, when you just participating in, in all the neighborhood, you know, shit like school and everything else, you know, you 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 easily influenced by it, mm-hmm. you know. But I knew since early on that I thought I was as good as some of these guys you could hear on the radio, you know? Right. Yeah. When's the first time you got in the studio? First time I got in the studio, I probably was like, I was a teenager, bro. Okay. Yeah, first time. I don't remember what grade, but I had to be in, like in high school or something. First time I really like got in the studio, like a real studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so at what point, like, how, how do you get recognized or how do you really start building your name? Um... You know, like I said, they this was before they called them mixtapes. Mm-hmm. They were swap me tapes back then. So, you know, I used to just do swap me tapes and, and then just, you know, shit, the popularity started to grow. If you was dope, somebody was going to know. And, and, and it was just, you know, this neighborhood here about it, this person here about it, you know, and, they, and, it, and it go like that. And that's really how I did it. Like, I didn't, you know, shit. I just started in the neighborhood with the homies, mm-hmm. and just and just kept grinding until eventually I was heard by by Cube, and, and you know that's when things things changed. And so you joined Westside Connection in '94. Well, well, 
or no, you yeah, created yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We formed it, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, what was the conversation like about what Westside Connection was going to be? Like, what was the vision before it even existed? I mean, because we had did records like West Up and Westside Slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. and you know the chemistry was 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 great chemistry, right? You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we was like, man, we should just do a whole record together, a whole album. I mean, we had did a couple of songs, and both songs came out tight. So it was like, damn, let's do a whole album and see how it turned out. You know what I'm saying? And, uh-huh. and we did it, and you know the rest is history. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was the first time I ever seen you was when uh, Bow Down was like on MTV and shit. Yeah. And I do remember that being like a kind of a wild moment for me, just being like, oh shit. Like I never really heard a song that was this boastful and prideful about being where they're from, you know? Because this is like many years removed from NWA and shit. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wasn't expecting that as a young kid. And that kind of blew my mind at a time when I was like really primarily listening to East Coast shit as well. Yeah, that's why I answered the question you asked me like that. Like it was so we were so bold. Like I would be like contradicting myself, saying that somebody is pigeonholing themselves like in a in a certain area or something because of the way they sound. Mm. Because we just did us, and we didn't care if nobody else liked it. You, you right. know, we hope that you like it, but we wasn't going into it thinking about man. I wonder if uh, they'll like my record in this state. Nah, mm. we just did what we did best. Yeah, because that was like a distant thought mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Being hot where you're from was mm-hmm. like everything. Right. I saw a, a Tupac quote where he said that Bow Down was influenced or inspired by Hit 'Em Up. I don't know. I, I nah. What he was saying was basically that the not that it was like directly inspired by, it, but that <laughs> you guys may have seen the energy behind Hit 'Em Up and yeah. the aggression yeah. and the in your face sort yeah. of this attitude, and that that made Westside Connection say like, oh, okay, this is what we need to be doing. That's it, totally false. You don't agree with that? That's totally false. Mm-hmm. We was too too into what we was doing to even care what hit them up or no other record sounded like. Mm-hmm. Nah, that, that's false. Damn, okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we was just trying to get to it. Right, definitely. So, okay, and, and was it you and Ice Cube at first and then Dub C joined, or what was the conversation? It was like kind of like all together, right. like at one time. You know, we used to do records together, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Dub used to go on the road, you know, with us too, like, you know, and, and, and be in the shows regardless. So we was always around each other anyway. Right. So it wasn't like a thing that just me me and Cube came up and said, oh, let's put him in it too. No, it wasn't like that. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of like we all at the same time, like, really, like, was like, oh, let's, you know, shit, let's do a group. Was it controversial at the time to have Crips and Bloods in the same group? Or what was the attitude? It was different. It was different, but I ain't gonna say it was it was it was it was a uh, controversial w- with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked different to the to the outside looking in, but everybody around us was it was like one family, like a big family. Like you know what I'm saying? Whoever was with them was 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 with us, and whoever was w- was with us was with them. You know what I'm saying? So now nah, it wasn't never no issues with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean nowadays I feel like. There's a lot more room for that kind of stuff to happen. You mm-hmm. know, people seen Nipsey and YG having this relationship and everything, yeah. and that kind of made people open their minds to, like, the idea of people working together. But at the same time, I mean, there's still so much of that in L.A. from, like, specific hoods that don't mm-hmm. get along mm-hmm. that you could kind of – like, that would be the ultimate sign of, like, oh, shit, shit is really changing. And I, I'll be honest, like, on this platform, we've had episodes where people from the 60s and people from Hoover sat down and had conversation face-to-face mm-hmm. – and that you know that means a lot to like the people involved and to the audience. I think to see people be able to kind of 
take some of the affiliations and put it to the side for a conversation. Yeah, we tried to lead by examples when it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? We tried to pioneer that, like, and lead by example. Like, you know, we all from here, mm-hmm. you know, so it don't matter if you're from the red side or the blue side because that ain't never the problem anyway. Mm-hmm. When it comes to gangs, it ain't about what side you on. The problem is when disrespect gets involved. Mm-hmm. Once disrespect get involved, the shit hit the fan. But if everybody respecting each other, man, it don't matter if these dudes is Crips, these dudes is Bloods, these dudes, it, it, none of that shit don't matter mm. when everybody is respecting everybody. And I've seen that conversation play out mm. a lot of times where it's like two people who might be able to be in the same room and work together, do music together, get along, but then it's the entourages, it's the people around them. There's just all these little things that sort of play mm. into making it a lot more complicated. That's how it go most of the time. Most of the time it ain't even the main figures that fuck shit up is the outside people. Right. So I don't know if you know Reggie Wright Jr. He had a video come out the other day where he was like exposing what really happened in the West West Side Connection breakup. And it was pretty much the same story that I've been hearing for years and years, which is that... I didn't hear it. What what did he say? It's basically the same shit that we've always heard, which is that there was an incident where some of your your friends might have had an interaction with Cube's brother-in-law, right? And Mm -hmm. that that was kind of the beginning of things not really being able to be worked out. I know you're adverse to talking about it, but I feel like it's it's kind of been out there enough times that this wasn't really like a big surprise when I heard about it. No, I mean, but like, what did, what did, what did, what did, what about it? I mean, it was just, he just repeated the same story yeah. or something. Or, That's why I was confused. I heard somebody, something about, about somebody, because I didn't see it. I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Somebody talking about one of my homies, Robbed him, or they robbed him, or did something. Oh, I guess he did throw that in there. Yeah, that was nah, additional detail. First of all, we don't get out like that. Mm-hmm. I got the number one record in the in the in the, in the number one rap record in the country at the time, and it's on my label. Why would anybody with me need to rob anybody? Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's sucker shit, homie. Right. Like I don't even indulge in that sucker shit. Like I play at an altitude that's too high for suckers to even breathe. You feel me? Like they, they suffocate at the altitude I play in, homie. Like I don't indulge in that sucker shit like that. So that's why I didn't see it or even hear it. Like mm-hmm. that's sucker shit to me. Right. Yeah. So the robbery part is false. The fact that there may have been altercations. I more mean, plausible. everybody know right. that, but now 20 some years later, somebody robbed somebody? Like, <laughs> come on, bro. This is that sucker shit, bro. Like, right. how do you like uh I mean, really, I ain't really got nothing too much to say about that shit. I don't even like to get that kind of shit no light. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if if you result to, like, lying on motherfuckers and then call yourself telling other people business, then we know what kind of motherfucker you is. You definitely ain't no real hustler mm. or a real one. You yeah. feel me? So, like, I don't, I don't know about that kind of shit. But you know how the game has kind of changed is that now it's a hustle to just sort of talk shit on YouTube or not not to say that he's even being disingenuous or anything, but that in general, if you have spicy opinions, we've seen people like Charleston White or people, all, all kinds of people I can think of who basically have like created a name for themselves or created a business for themselves off of having shit to say about other people's business, even if it's 20 years old. Right. But, but that's, that's them. And, 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 you know, I don't knock nobody hustle. That ain't my hustle. I'm a motherfucker that think way bigger than that. Like, I could care less about what somebody else did 20 years ago. That's mm-hmm. just my personality. Right. But, you know, 
I know you 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 know different people, you know, and you know they do different shit. You know what I'm saying? So like I don't me myself, I ain't involved. I don't participate in none of that shit, and I don't even look at none of that shit. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not even. Bro, that shit is so far. I'm so far removed from that kind of dumb shit. Like I don't even. I don't even care. Like you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's got to. Things have to probably be pretty big in order for it to catch your radar in terms of people having conversations about you or things that you've been involved yeah. in in the past. Yeah, because like I say, people. I don't see none of this because I don't pay attention to that kind of shit really. But like every now and then I get somebody call me and say, hey, you here with such and such? A, you know, and, and a lot of times if I see it, I just like laugh mm. and just keep it moving because that shit don't affect me. Like everybody know what kind of guy I am and what kind of guy my homies are. Right. So like I don't, we don't, we don't pay attention to that shit, bro. We keep it moving. It's pretty incredible though to see the appetite for knowing about old ass drama, you know? Cause like that, like you had this conversation with Bootleg Kev on his podcast, and I seen that the clip from it got almost a million views, mm. and I was just like, that is kind of incredible to me mm. that people, because you know, like who was I hanging out with twenty years ago? I don't know, some kid in fucking high school. You know, nobody would ever give a shit about what became of our friendship or whatever. But as soon as that friendship plays out in the public eye, and at some point it goes bad or it ceases to exist, there's just like an inexhaustible appetite to know the inner details of it like for some people some people like it's just incomprehensible that rappers might get along at one point and then at some point stop getting along yeah you know what that's this media period though like like the bad shit i guess make a better story Mm. than than the positive shit you know what i'm saying yeah i understand that and i know that this is a world you know that 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 this the world we in and i know that this is entertainment Mm -hmm. so i understand it and you also got a choice to pick and choose or this shit you look at, listen to, or whatever. Mm. And just me personally, I'm that shit ain't on my radar, bro. Like I don't even look at that kind of shit. I, right. I don't see how that can benefit me in no kind of way. And the shit is wild too, because I've watched the way you carry yourself in multiple different interviews when you talk about this shit, and you hold yourself like a gangster to the to the standard of you'll talk about it, but you're gonna be light with your words you're not going to really go into detail you're not dying to expose some shit that people don't know about mm-hmm. but even that even even you with like you really holding back and clearly not saying everything that you could say that people are still just salivating and wanting to fucking hear these details it's pretty yeah. wild i understand <laughs> i understand i totally understand but yeah. like i said bro i don't see how that kind of shit benefits me mm. That negative shit and man, that shit was twenty a couple of decades ago, bro. Right. How much life I've lived in the last twenty years, and how much life has changed in the last twenty years. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't even care about that shit. Like mm-hmm. it really ain't on my radar, bro. Definitely. So you guys, the breakup happens. <laughs> then what? What? What is your solo career kind of turned into after that, or how do you proceed from there? What after what? After the breakup, like going back to what was it, two thousand four or oh, yeah. something like that? I mean, I did a couple of records uh after that, but I, I started a new business, mm-hmm. you know, where, where I got a touring company, you know, I I I, I, I do concerts. Yeah. Right? I heard, and so yeah. uh I got knee deep into that in real estate. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you know, God blessed me in a way, man, where I really didn't didn't have to do music no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, it's a feeling and it's fun. And and I like it, and I'm back doing it now. But uh, 
I just started doing other things. You know, that's it. You know, shit kept moving forward. Yeah, I want to talk about that for sure. But did did you feel like it kind of sort of killed your motivation or just made it less fun because you had been in a group and then all of a sudden the group's not happening and it's like to go and be a solo artist after that has got a it's, it's a different proposition. Yeah, well, right? I was a solo artist before the group. Right. So no, no, I'm a hustler, man. My mind say won't it won't let nothing stop me that I really want to do. Mm. If I want it, I'm gonna go get it. I promise. I took a break from music because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I focus on my children and and stuff like that. You know. And and uh, I came back to music because I wanted to. Right. You know what I'm saying? But nah, it's all good. Definitely. So I mean, it's kind of because I've thought about this myself too. Is that it's like sometimes I look at what I'm doing, we're making YouTube content, and everything like that, and I'm like. Are there other things that would maybe be less fun that I could be doing? Like when you say real estate and and being involved in planning events and concerts and stuff like that. You know, sometimes I think about stuff like that and I'm like, damn, that could be really dope. But I'm still kind of stuck in the framework of like doing the kind of stuff that I've been doing for all these years. Was it a switch up in your mind state in terms of like how you approach these things or or was it just like a bigger opportunity? Because a lot of people think that you make like outlandish amounts of money as a rapper a lot of rappers are trapped in record deals that maybe are not so great and everything. Was it just like an obvious thing for you to, there's more money doing this kind of stuff and there's less doing the music, so I'm just going to move in that direction? Well, you know, I was doing records on my label. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I, I, I I could see it both ways, but definitely I started to see that you couldn't make the money that you used to make just selling records. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about record sales no more. It's about the show. The live performance is where the bread is. You feel me? And so that's what made me get get into that. I made a lot of money selling records, but when this live performance shit opened up, that was another another lane. And you know, I like that lane. It's fast like that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I jumped in that lane. What were you? Was the primary benefit that you had just that you had strong relationships with artists and stuff in the beginning, or what, like what were you bringing to it that allowed you to kind of be successful in this? I'm relentless. Mm. And I wanted it, you know what I'm saying? Of course, my relationships with artists helped me out, you know what I'm saying? Because I can just pick up the phone and call a lot of people that most people can't just get in touch with like that, you feel Mm -hmm. me? But you still had to do good business, still had to be a businessman, and you still had to figure the business out and learn how to do it. And I learned how to do it on myself, Mm. you know what I'm saying? So it didn't really cost me anything to, to teach myself the business. I learned on MAC-10. Right. Did you start out doing primarily like hip hop and have you kind of moved yeah. into doing all kinds of genres? Yeah, I started off doing me. Right. So, so yeah, it was hip hop. But like now, I mean, I got as many R&B shows up as hip hop shows. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that a easier to deal with crowd on average? Uh, or are you not even around for that part? I'm around for for some time okay. when I'm interested, when I, when I, when I want to be there. But no, I don't go to all my shows. Mm. But, uh, I got to I got to be honest man I haven't had no problems you know with uh the hip hop side or the R&B side as far as like outside problems or anything you know everything been going smooth mm. for the last 12 13 years and you primarily do LA cuz I heard you talking about Kansas City and so I'm like oh you have events all over the place or how's everywhere that everywhere cuz you can't just get you can't really get the bag that I'm trying to get just in one city right you know what I'm saying it's, my shit is popping everywhere like like wherever we got a venue and they and they willing to come out. I'm putting a show there. Right. Yeah. Do you, so you have like a whole army of employees who are helping you make that kind of stuff happen? Uh, 
small army. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? A small one. Right. Yeah. But but I got I got employees that help make it happen because sometimes I might have three or four shows in one night in different states. Right. You know what I'm saying? And do you have a like are you able to kind of do the real estate stuff and this shit at the same time? Is they are they all one and the same to you yeah. or is it like yeah, very yeah. separate? Yeah, I've learned how to multitask and like do it all. Like the real estate shit is is what it is and you know, I have fun doing that. And um but yeah, it don't affect this cuz it's two it's apples and oranges, you mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, one thing that stands out to me when you say that is like cuz I know at what when did you become a father? What year? Uh shit, uh 93. 93. Yeah. So that means your kid is damn near 30? Damn near my oldest. Damn. How that many kids you got? Six. Six. Yeah. The youngest one's how old? Three. So you you got a couple of different families over the years, I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, or is, is, I had I had some baby mamas over the years, but yeah, yeah, we we all one family. Right. You feel me? Yeah, had a couple of different baby mamas, but they all all my kids is love each other. We all one family. I, I have one child. She's yeah. two and a half. Yeah. So I look at someone like you, <laughs> yeah. like you know, somebody who's won twenty championships, and yeah. I just started playing the game. It could be done, bro. <laughs> It could be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like kind of in awe of that because in my head it's like I'm going to have maybe two kids, maybe three. Yeah. And then when I realize like, oh, the OGs sometimes are still in the game late into their career still. It just happens, homie. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then when they get here, you love them. Yeah. That's just how I go. Right. It is what it is. Well, I can imagine that having kids probably made touring less or being on the road less attractive, right? Definitely. Because that shit's got to be brutal. Sometimes I hear stand-up comedians talk about what their lives are like, and they're gone eight months out of the year. And I'm just like, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I don't know if my drive to be successful is enough to, like, just not be around for my kid like that. I mean, it definitely get to a point where you like, do I want to go to this football game or do I want to go do this? Mm -hmm. Do I want to see my kid baseball game or do I want to do this? You know, so you, 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 you learn how to deal with both. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, of course, your kids' shit is always going to be more attractive because that got a time frame. Exactly, it. yeah. You know, entertainment, if you stay healthy, you could do that as long as possible, but kids is only going to be kids for so long, you know? Yeah, I think about that all the time. Like, mm -hmm. I can't I can't go play this poker tournament or I can't go on tour with some rapper for a week when my kid's only going to be two and a half for so long and I don't really want to miss it unless I have to or unless right. the offer is really, really amazing. 100%. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been in that situation a few times. What has fatherhood taught you? Like, what do you get on this youngest kid that you didn't get back in 93? Patience. Mm. Because everything changed with kids. Uh, they personality stay, stay pretty close to what they are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, physically, mentally, like, everything changes on kids. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to be patient enough to just – Wait it all the way out and see what it's gonna turn into. You know what I'm saying? Mm, but but being being hands on, man. Like I love being a hands on dad more than anything. Right. None of the work or none of that don't excite me like that. Really? Nothing. That's amazing. What's the like? Is the high school graduation the most powerful thing, or is it like I'm, I'm trying to think of what the most emotional moments might be? You know what? The most unusual was was my kid graduating from college. Really. Because with a guy like me, you wouldn't think that I'd be so into that to where I'm putting my kids through college and all that. And education is very important to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Over sports and everything. Because I think, like, this right here would outlast this. You feel me? Right. Like, like so, so 
to me, it's important to be smart. You just can't be, uh, you, you, you know, talented, you know, just with great physical abilities. You got to know how to think as well in order to really succeed. You had any of your kids try to become rappers yet? My little son, District, is going to be one of the best. Oh, I heard you talking about him. Yeah, how old is he? I think DJ like 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's dope. What kind of advice do you give him? How do you, how do you guide them? Be yourself, son. I'm me. Be you. But but he really one of them kind of guys where I didn't have to give him too much advice for music because he was just naturally kind of born with it. And he's a stand-up enough guy to where he didn't ever try to be Lil Mac 10. Mm. He ain't nothing like me. He didn't grow up like me. He didn't nothing. He's nothing like me. You know what I'm saying? He he's his own he's he's his own self. But if I had to bank on it, I think that he could be bigger than me as an artist because of the kind of music he do. Really? You, you know, it could be a a, a a a bigger range. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, with every kid, do you kind of have these awkward moments where they sort of realize what your career has consisted of and how much crazy shit you've been a part of, and and the fact that your music still gets spun all over the country on a regular basis? Like, is is there just sort of awkward moments where your kids become aware of these things? Uh, I don't know if it's awkward, but I could tell, like, with my younger kids sometimes, like, they're like, damn. Like, they, they had to look twice, like, damn, you famous for real, huh? You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it ain't awkward. It's, it's more funny than anything. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, the famous thing is, like, kind of weird. Yeah. Like, Because my kid's too young, but I've seen it with my brother-in-law where his kids are, like, nine years old, and... Anytime I got to take a photo in the mall or whatever, I see them kind of having a conversation with him. Like, what is that? Yeah, Why is he got to yeah, take a picture with yeah. a random guy? Right. And I always try to just be like, well, I got a YouTube channel. You know, you see me on the YouTube channel. They like the YouTube channel. That's mm -hmm. it. You know? Right. Not like, oh, everybody knows about me. No, right. just like this guy knows about me. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But is there, okay, are there ever lyrics or anything that you said in songs that you've had your kids ask you about and you've been a little bit confused about what to say at a certain moment? No, like, 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 if they ask me some shit, like one of my young ones asked me something, I'll tell you, I'll tell you later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just depends on what they ask me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's things that I've said in my music that ain't quite ready, you know, for a three-year-old yet. You right. Feel me? But yeah, but there hasn't been anything where you actually had to explain it. And I'm just imagining you kind of at a certain point having to say, listen, I was kind of just pretending to be a really bad guy in this song or i was i was saying some crazy stuff but it's for effect it's not really for i, I, I wasn't talking really about something i to, did yeah i ain't never really had to go that in depth okay. with it you they know, don't it's ask more like, like extreme detailed questions nah, not like that because i'm you know i'm a funny guy i might say something and just we might start laughing about something you know what i'm saying and right you know i know how to how to how to how to keep it moving you know from one of them kind of questions if i feel like they ain't quite ready to know right you know what 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 this is i just talked about you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying i know how to keep it moving definitely um okay so i was i was wondering your thoughts on this it's like sometimes when we look at hip hop it seems like if you had told me 20 years ago that hip hop was going to get less violent in terms of the lyrical content i would have probably believed you that that was just seems like that's where society goes over time. Mm -hmm. But we kind of are almost seeing like a reaction to that where a lot of drill scenes popping up all over the country where they have some of the most violent lyrics possible. Being that you're somebody who has kind of been observing hip-hop since the early days, how do you feel when you hear about that kind of stuff going on or when you hear about rappers sort of letting their like, you know, rap feuds turn into real life shit or vice versa? 
I mean, that shit been happening since the beginning. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be smart enough as as somebody that's doing music to, like, keep some of that shit in the entertainment category. Because mm. you're going to fuck around and get a life sentence if, if, if you... If you if you don't, you know what I'm saying. But uh, I don't think it's no more violent than it always been. I mean, as far as lyrics, I mean, come on, we you know we come from an era where this shit was literally called gangster rap. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So so I don't know if it's a uh, more violent. I I just think you know we got more ways to find out about shit now mm-hmm. than than we used to. Everybody got a phone, a camera. A, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's different now, you know? Right. Yeah, no, that occurs to me. I've seen videos of kids in New York going and kicking the candles over at people's memorials that they got beef with. Mm-hmm. And it's very disturbing seeing that and thinking yeah. about the fact that these kids are that cold-blooded. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, I mean, shit, shit, crazy shit been happening for all these years. And it's just we didn't have a fucking iPhone right. angle of it. Right, right. You just, you, 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 you didn't, it, you couldn't capture it mm-hmm. like, like you can now. Right. Being that you're at the age that you're at and stuff, though, like, what is your thought process on gangbang? Does it just is it like a distant memory, or is it something that still like means a lot to you? Like, like I feel like some people get older and they kind of renounce it and, and want to let the world know that they don't got nothing to do with that anymore. And then there's also a significant percentage of people who they still care about it and still have love for it, regardless of what negative effects it might have had on them. Well, when you really from the neighborhood. Like I said, those are just your friends. Mm. You don't even look at it like that. These are just my homies. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're smart, when you get to a certain age, you just choose, pick and choose on like what you with and what you ain't with. You know what I'm saying? What you're willing to participate in and what you're not. Mm. But, you know, I could never be the kind of guy that like, you know, say nothing against none of that because, like, you know, a lot of a, a lot of that shit is a lot of love, man. You, you grew up with this dude since the sandbox. Mm. That's really your loved one. You feel me? So it's, it's really like a real family in certain neighborhoods, you know. So I just think you just get to to an age where you start picking and choosing what you want to participate in. That's all. Definitely. Um. Okay. When I went all the way back in your Instagram, the the first post, or at least the most recent post that you didn't delete. Is you rocking out in these fucking old schools back in the day, the lowriders and yeah, shit, and yeah. Calabasas too, which I was kind of surprised by the location. Yeah, what's your memory of that video and what was going on there? That was like a day in the life of Mac Ten MTV shit. I've oh, been really? in Calabasas for years, bro. That's thirty years ago for me. You feel me? Like this shit is like just now getting like famous and popular. Wow, that's I've interesting. been playing Calabasas. I didn't know that that was uh, <laughs> yeah. a spot that long ago. <laughs> yeah, you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, film don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so there was a whole day in the life that they did that hasn't made its way to YouTube? That's just like a clip? Yeah, I mean, it, it came out back then, but yeah, like you, you see like certain clips from it and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely. But are you still into the, the lowrider stuff? or like? Yeah, I'm always going to do that. Really? That's a part of me. Like, I'm always going to, I like classic cars. So you got them at the crib? Crib everywhere. Really? Crib shops everywhere. You've like, just been you know, collecting them for all these years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, collect them, you know, build them, sell them, whatever you're going to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's a real hobby. Really? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I need a hobby like that. Yeah. Something to <laughs> sink some money into or something. Yeah. Got it. Um. Okay. I also, I saw this, is that you actually signed Glasses Malone. Yes. What year was that? I don't remember. 
Okay. But yeah, it was the two thousand glasses. Yeah. Right. What What was the relationship like then, and and how did that go? G was hot. You know what I'm saying? G G was one of the best. I mean, he could rap. He's still cold. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was he was hot. Shit, he was the hottest dude in the city. And shit, I I I, I you know, I had a situation. So I you you know I got at him and uh we got it done. Right. Did yeah. uh, did that work out in the long run or, or did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him. Uh, then we did a deal with you know through Cash Money. Mm, you right. know what I'm saying? Okay. He was and, on um, that too, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it worked out. I mean, he's still the homie. Right. Yeah. Do you? What's your perspective on signing artists these days? Is it kind of like distant memory because you've had so much success with other things that it kind of seems like small money in comparison? It's a little different. The motivation to do it is different because, like I said, you don't. It ain't really no way to, you know, people ain't really doing this to like sell records and make money to sell records. I mean, you 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 know, make money from selling records. Uh huh. If they get big enough to where they can get on the road and, and start getting some show money, then I guess it could be a, a, a good situation. But yeah, just the way the world is nowadays is a little bit different than it was in, you know, early on. Right. Because people are always on my ass telling me I should have signed this person, this person. And when I think about the lifestyle that that would involve, mm-hmm. the really moving around with them and like putting my all into making them as popular as possible. It just kind of sounds like a wild gamble, basically. Like just sure throwing is. a bunch of money on red and just seeing how it works out. Except red is like 49% of the time. It's way less than that. For sure it is because you can only control you. Mm. You can't control them or nobody that's with them. You know what I'm saying? But uh, at the same time, it's all your money though. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I understand you. I understand you thinking like that. And I see the way that it works out with these artists too. Is that you, uh, artists can be signed to somebody as long as they're like kind of unsuccessful, and as soon as they get they start to get more and more successful, they just develop this resentment to the person or the label or whoever that signed them. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's c- so consistent, and that's kind of I don't know. It's kind of scary as well. It's just the idea that you're kind of signing someone, knowing that if it if it all goes really well, at some point they're going to probably want to remove you from the deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it get to that point, it went good, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Just, hopefully, y'all got a, a good enough relationship to where you can come up with something to keep both parties happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But if it get to that point, I mean, something went right. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like best case scenario. Yeah, that's best case scenario. Definitely. Um. Okay. So, when is the actual album gonna be ready? And like, uh, what could be what could we expect from it? Mac Ten, man, I'm gonna give it to you the way, the way you know I know how to do it. You mm. feel me? I ain't gonna give you nothing different. I'm gonna give you that Mac Ten shit. Uh, the album should be ready late summer. The red print. The red print. The red print. I like that. Right on. You a big fan of the blueprint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gotta give him your version. Yeah, yeah. You know, the red print is the Mac Ten twist. Mm. No, yeah, I got that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> For the show. Uh, okay, who do you expect to have on the project and who who are possibilities? Anybody you can let us know that you might be messing with? I mean, you know, I just stay re- stay working and doing records, man. I um, I don't really want to put it out there like that yet because I don't know what I'm going to use and what I'm not going to use. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if I don't use some of the records I got, then you got people saying, I thought you said such and such was going to be on the album. You know, so I really just want to get a little bit further mm-hmm. to where I, I got like the records for sure, the ones that's going on the album. 
and then I'll come back and tell you. Definitely. <laughs> Respect. Well, Mac-10, I appreciate you. It's good to see you healthy and happy and, you know, doing stuff that is really helping you get to the bag. And, and it's good to see you coming back to the music, too, and not being uh, scared to jump into all that as well. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mac-10. Appreciate right you, man. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Pow.